Join us for today, the last shay on Hilchas Emunah. Not that it's the last shay that we should ever give, not that it's the last shay we should ever hear, but uh, we've given a nice little series on Emunah, and uh, Be'ez Hashem, we're going to move on to Ben Adam So I want to just mention a couple of Inyonim today just to wrap up the sugya. Today's shay, again, Rafur Shleimah, Lisheba, Bas, Sora. She should have a tremendous Rafur Shleimah, Besoyk Shah, Choyle Yisrael. So we're in the sugya of Emunah. Okay, let me just give you an interesting idea to start with this as follows. The uh, Mashkiach of Yeshivas Me in Poland. During the time when the yeshiva uh, went also to Shanghai, famous story that the Olam went to Shanghai. So the mashkech of the yeshiva at the time was Reb Chatzkel. Now, Reb Chatzkel was uh, at the time the mashkech, first the mayor, and then eventually came to Israel and, and became mashkech in Ponovich Yeshiva. Now, Reb Chatzkel was known for his incredible Yerushalayim, his awe of the Rabbi Yerushalayim, in the way that he was poshed, he was papachad. Right, he Poshet lived with the Rabbi Nishalayim in a way that it, there was a certain pacha that he lived with. And that was the pacha that he was known for, this awe of the Rabbi Nishalayim. He was totally in awareness of Hashem in every movement that he took, in every direction that he went, in every decision that he made. Everything was Hashem, which is an amazing thing if you think about it. Right? It's an amazing thing to constantly in our lives be busy that the Rabbi Nishalayim, what's the Rabbi Nishalayim want from me? What am I meant to be doing right now? What's my job? What's my tachlis? What's my purpose? That was how Rabbi Chatzka lived, which was an amazing, amazing thing. And he realized that he could, because of that, never let his guard down. Which is, by the way, obviously one of the tremendous scholars for a person never to do an Avera. If he's constantly Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Tomid, as the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramad tells us, the beginning of Aruchim Semen Aleph, the first thing a person has to do is put Hashem in front of him. Wherever you're doing, wherever you are, as the Ramad brings down in the beginning of Semen Aleph, Sif Aleph in Aruchim, the first Semen and Sif in Shulchan Aruch, that a person has to know that wherever he is, whatever he does, there's a Rabbanish him. And the Ramad brings an example. When you're lying in bed, you're not just lying in bed, you're lying in front of the Melech Malchem Lochem. When you're in the bathroom and you close the door, you're not just by yourself, you're in front of Melech Malchem Lochem HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, if a person would be able to sort of conjure up this image in front of him at all times, that I'm constantly in front of the Rabbani Shalom, can you imagine what his speech would look like? Can you imagine what his, you know, everything he does would be the Rabbani Shalom. And that's an amazing way of acting. And Rabchatzka was a person that exemplified that in a tremendous, tremendous way. Now, there was a Talmud who once walked in his room and saw something very, very unusual. They saw that Rabchatzka was smiling. Now, not that he never smiled, but Stam, just to sit in his office smiling, something's going on over here, what's Pshat? So it wasn't an easy thing to do. It wasn't like nowadays, you know, for Yama, maybe, how's it go? Yeah, Rabchatzka, it was petrifying. So the Talmud plucked up the courage, right? Because he said, If you don't ask, you don't learn. And he said, I'm going to ask the Rebbe why. I'm going to ask the Rebbe why is he smiling. There's got to be a reason. Rebbe didn't just smile. He wasn't a joker. He didn't just like make jokes. So why was he smiling? So he so uh, answered as follows. He said, listen to this. He said, something very, very special happened to me today. You listening? Something very special happened to me today. And because of what happened, I'm full, I'm full of a lot more emunah and betochen in the Rabbi Nishalayim. That's why I'm happy. Listen to what he said. He said, when I was the mashkiach in the Me Yeshiva, there were certain times that the Yeshiva was in such a bad financial situation 
that I didn't even get my monthly paycheck. And that's the way I lived day to day. In other words, I didn't have any money. But day to day I lived with the idea that I don't have money, I don't have a paycheck, but the Rabbi Nishlonim will give me my money. Right? And don't worry, tomorrow the Rabbi Nishlonim will find a way to get me parnosa, to get me food, whatever it may be. When I became the Mashkiach of Ponovich, when I became the Mashkiach of Ponovich, I started to get my monthly paycheck. That's why I started to get my paycheck regularly. I got it, it was never late, it came on time, whatever it is. And therefore I felt that because I was getting a paycheck every month, I was losing my amuna. I was losing that betochen that I had when I was originally in the man. I didn't get the paycheck every month. And I was like, what's going to be? Oh, Hashem's going to be okay. Hashem will trust. I trust in Hashem. He'll give me my money. I lived that way. But now I get my paycheck every month. Now I get paid every single month. On the month, I get my paycheck. And if I was lacking that emunah. Baruch Hashem, eight months have passed since I last got a paycheck from the yeshiva. And because the yeshiva is in a bad situation. And therefore I felt now that my betochen has, has, has been renewed. Now that's an amazing thing. How many people would be upset? Oh, I didn't get my paycheck. Oh, they're not paying me. This, that, the other. He looked at it in a totally different way. He looked at it as a way to build on his amun and his betochen. Now we're not on that level. And we're not asking anyone here to be on that level. But just to think about the way he acted, to think about the way he thought of an opportunity to have emunah and betochen in the Rabbi Nishalalim. It's just an amazing thing. I'll tell you, we spoke about this before and I want to give you an example of a story how this is so true. That the more emunah you have can actually affect the outcome and the results of how much the Rabbi Nishalalim puts into your life. Okay, here's an incredible story. It's really, really an amazing story. There was a Yid that came home and he started to feel ill one day and that began a whirlwind of doctor's visits and tests and x-rays and all sorts of, you know, specialists and everything else. And uh, he became very, very sick. And it was obviously, you know, a big blow to his family, his wife and his children. Not an easy thing to have a husband and a father who's very, very sick. And his wife was braving herself for the worst. And she went from doctor to doctor and they got a top specialist in Eritrosol. And they found out what the problem was. Finally, they found out what the issue was. And there was nothing really they could do about it. The doctor said, listen, I I figured out what it is. There is nothing that we could do for your husband. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Just live with it and, I guess, keep him at home and enjoy the last bit of time that you have with him. Now, for a wife to hear that, that's obviously a devastating piece of information. But she wasn't willing to give up. She wasn't willing to give up. She decided what she's going to do. She's going to go to Revel with the husband. Okay? Go to Revel She's going to go. Before they went to Revel they went to Rabbi Firo. Rabbi Firo is known in Eretz and around the world as someone that's an expert in medical consultation tells people where to go to doctors, people that are ill, helps them with, you know, the doctors that they, where they should be going and gets them into the best specialists. Now, what they found out basically was that um, the treatments that he was doing uh, weren't, weren't really, really helping. But there was a way, and that was um, in order to fly to a certain place, wherever it was, in the middle of America, there's a certain specialist over there. He's the only one really that can help you. And, and that's all it is. Now, they only found out about this on Erev Shabbos. And the, 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 the Shiloh was, should they fly immediately? Or is it Shiloh of Chil Shabbos? So, the, the wife said, you know what, we're going to Revel Yashif. 
We didn't have an appointment. We're going to Rav Yashiv. Rav Yashiv, the God of Lador, we're going to ask him the Shaila. So they came to Rav Yashiv, and they, Rabbi Ferry came in, explained the whole situation, and like, there's no chance, but like, Maisa, if we do this, then, you know, uh, it was pushing it. And Rabbi Yashiv said, listen, you can't fly on Shabbos. I understand it's an emergency, and I understand it's medical, but for whatever reason, which we're not going into, it does not give you a heta to fly on Shabbos, right? Now, the wife was devastated, because... This was, it wasn't even much of a hope, but it was something that she had to hold on to that maybe could save her husband and the father of her children. So she kept on pushing. She kept on pushing. And she says, Rebbe, no, this is going to be the way, this is going to be the savior, this is what's going to help my husband, you have to allow us to do this. And Rebbe Yashu said, okay, fine, you can go on Shabbos. They took a plane, they flew out on Shabbos, and obviously he told them all the different halachas they had to do. He did the operation, Baruch Hashem, it was successful. And he was able to live for many more years. When she came back eventually to thank Rav Yashiv, she said, Rebbe, I don't understand. Could you explain something to me? When I first came in with the Shaila, you said, no, you can't go. And all of a sudden, I pushed a bit more. You said, yeah. Is that how halacha works? You just give a bit more of a push, you get whatever you want? What's going on? So Rav explained a very big yesoid. And this yesoid is something which, again, I've been telling you for a few times. He said, listen, when you first came in, you didn't really have their Munah B'tochan that this is going to save anything. It was like a chance, maybe one in a million, so like, why not? Let's do it. For that, we don't Mechal Shabbos, and for that, again, without going into the medical shayla, and the shayla nefesh, that's not the sugya, right? It's not our, our, our subject right now. But for whatever reason, Rabbi Yashav held that the B'tochan that you had wasn't so good, and therefore, it wasn't really going to help you. When you started pushing me, and you started saying that this is what's going to save my husband, and I have a mun and Hashem, and I have a betochen that this is what's going to be, I realized that your mun and betochen can actually save the whole situation, and that alone can save his medical situation. And because of that, I allowed you to go, and that's exactly what happened. The Nesiva Shalom, the Shalom Rebbe, brings down that the more emuna and betochen that a person has in the Rabboni Shalom, the more the Rabboni Shalom allows a person's hashkocha to come into him. And that is something that we have to live with. And we've been speaking about this for quite a number of days, quite a number of weeks. This idea that we have to realize that, yes, our lives don't always go in accordance the way we want them to. There are always challenges. There are hurdles along the road. That's true. But at the end of the day, we have to recognize that there's a source. And that source is the Rabbi Shalom. And only the Rabbi Shalom can do anything. We can try. We can do Ishtadlis. But at the end of the day, it all comes from the Rabbi Shalom in such a special way. And sometimes we see that. Sometimes we see that in certain things that, you know, we have to do our Ishtadlis. But eventually it comes anyway. You know, certain times, I was just talking to Abacha this morning. I can't even remember what it was. And I told him I should mention it by the show today. I don't even remember what it was. It was about something that we did our Ishtadlis. And we have to do Ishtadlis. Because life is about trying. And we have to do our part. But ultimately, where does it come from? Not from us. It doesn't come from our Ishtadlis. It comes from the Rabbi Shlalem. And therefore, the more we, we show and trust and place our trust in the Rabbi Shlalem, the more the Rabbi Shlalem say, Ah, you trust in me? That's Kavaldiga. I once mentioned... I'm not sure if I mentioned it here, but I think I mentioned it previously. There's a Rambam in Hilchas in Stocker. Well, the Rambam says, we're learning Hilchas Stocker now, the Rambam says, how much stocker do you have to give to a guy that comes to your door? A guy comes knocking on your door, I need some stocker, I'm making a chasana for my daughter, please could you help me? How much do you have to give up? 
So really the halacha is that you have to give him everything. So you take a checkbook and you say, how much is the chasna costing you? How much does the apartment cost you? And you write out a check for $45,000 and you give it to him. Right? That's the halacha. Whether you have the money or not, that's a different shayla. But that is the halacha. Why do you not have to do that? And why do we not actually not do that? It's because when he knocks on my door, he's not only knocking on my door, He's knocking on my neighbor, and the guy upstairs, the guy downstairs, the guy, whatever, you know what I mean? He's going to the whole neighborhood. So if he's going to everyone, oh, because you're not only coming to me, so I'll chip in, and I'll give you a little bit. You know, I'll give you my 10 shekel, he'll give you 10 shekel, and together, hopefully, Be'ez Hashem, you'll make the money that you need. Because he's not only coming to me. Rabbi said, listen to this. Says of Shinshan Pink, it's the same applies to the Rabbi Nishlanim. Everyone in this room needs something. Okay, there's not a person in this room that doesn't require something. Whether it's in Ruchnius, whether it's in Gashmius, everyone needs something. And, and, I, and how do I know that? I know that because the Nefesh Chaim tells us in Shah Gimel that if the world would be for a moment without anyone needing anything, the world would go back to Tovah, would go back to nothingness. The world couldn't exist on people not needing anything. We have to, by nature, need things. We need money, we need help, we need a shidduch, we need children, we need this, we need, everyone needs something in their whole life. We go through our whole lives needing something. So here's the Shailah Rabbi Say. When you turn to the Rabbi Nishalalam, are you turning only to the Rabbani Shalom and saying, Rabbani Shalom, I need something? You're the address, I'm coming to you. Now, it could be I have to go to the doctor, it could be I have to go make a panosa, it could be I have to... That's a shtadlis. That's what I have to do in the natural world to, to be able for things to happen. But I'm turning to the Rabbani Shalom solely and completely. So, so, then, according to this Rambam, the Rabbani Shalom has to give you everything. Because when an only comes to you and says, I'm only coming to you, I've got no one else to turn to. I'm sorry, I don't have anybody else to ask. I'm making a chasna, I don't have anyone to turn to. Only you. The Allah is you've got to give him everything. If you come to the Rabbi Nishalem and say, Rabbi Nishalem, I have nothing. I have no one else to turn to. I have nowhere else to go except you. Give me what I need. Give me das, give me Torah, give me health, give me a shidduch, give me parnasa, give me whatever it is. Because you, Rabbi Nishalem, you're the only one that can do it. If you come in there, the Rabbi Nishalem has to give you everything. But if you say, Rabbi Nishalem, listen, I have a good job. My boss, Baruch Hashem, pays me well. Also, I'm doubling Mincha. Keep it going. I'm also coming to Rabbi Nishlalim. It's like that guy that's going from door to door. He's coming to make a collection by everyone. So you're making a collection. You need things and you're also going to Hashem to ask him as well. Rabbi Hashem says, no problem. I'll give you a contribution. Here's 10 shekel. Which one do you want? The idea of Amunah is the more you place your trust in the Rabbi Nishlalim, the more you realize and recognize that the only source of everything in your life is the Rabboni Shalom, is the Melech, Malchei Amlochim, you'll get everything from Hashem. You just have to ask and you have to believe it and you have to live it. That's what we've been doing in the last few weeks. I hope Eiza Hashem, the Rabboni Shalom, will give us all siyata deshmaya to live with Hashem, to talk to Hashem, to have a relationship with Hashem, to trust in Hashem, to believe in Hashem. And Eiza Hashem, the more we do that, we will recognize in our own lives how much Hashem does for us and Eiza Hashem, how much bracha He gives us.